We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. For their faith, and it does mean hardships, it does mean sacrifice for them. So our hearts go out to them, and that is a, a prayer request as well. And when I think of you guys here, here in the U.S., you guys are having to stand up for your faith more and more. And what, is it, what does that look like in this day and age uh, for you? So our prayers go to you as well. Um, we work with the Wycliffe Bible Translators. The uh, yeah, sister organization is called SIL, and they're just down the road in uh, Duncanville uh, area, Dallas area. And so the vision is to see people have the Word of God uh, in their own language and to be able to use it, to have access to it, and to understand it. And so we're part of a support team for, uh, that really help these people on the ground. So my wife is a personnel director, and she's been doing that for a few years. Before that, she was teaching uh, the missionary kids. So there's, those, those were great opportunities to serve. And over the years, I've been a regional manager and also helping with media and I still help with media, uh, but because of the situation, I've shifted over towards helping with uh, security and risk assessment and different areas of that. So it's not like we're just—it's not like security is just uh, making sure the bad guys aren't around or whatever. But it's looking at the whole person. It's getting people ready to be in Asia and to be um, serving in these in these countries, and also to look, it's also a good time, I think, for us to, to bring to God our own fears, our own concerns about security, and what we do with them. So it's also a growing time uh, when we look at the different security measures that happen. Prayer requests, as we go uh, forward, is we're having a three-month quick tour around the U.S. before we go back to Asia, and uh, so for, for health, endurance, safety on the roads, and also, also for the Lord to refresh us during this time, and to be an encouragement to people we, we meet with, and, and vice versa, receive the encouragement from others. And as we go back to, yeah, to really be in tune with what God wants us to be a be a part of, and the people around us to be a part of, uh, be a part of. We're really thankful to be doing like online youth uh, ministry and helping out these missionary kids that, you know, when they had to leave, they're spread all over the world without that community. So we're, we're able to get together, encourage each other. So that's really been a blessing. So we can pray for that. Yeah, and just our... A lot of us don't know what the what the future will hold, so it is just walking walking daily with with God and also yeah being in tune with where and what He wants us to be part of. So we're definitely thankful. So really appreciate you guys, and feel free to talk with us uh, afterwards if you want to be on a newsletter list. Let us know and keep keep in touch with us. Really thank you, Redemption Church. Big praise to God for All you guys. Right. We're thankful for you, man. Thank you. God bless you.
he does. I think we should pray right now. Don't you? Are we on? We got it? Yeah? Let's pray right now. Everybody, all of us, can we stand to our feet? Can we reach heaven for our friends, Lord, in Jesus' name? We thank you for our friends. Lord, they're called by you. They're walking according to you. And Lord, we want you to order their steps in your word. We want you to order their steps, Lord, in whatever city they're in, in whatever country they're in. Lord, while they are in the United States, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would open up doors for them to meet people that have been praying to change the world and and that they can join arms and change the world together. Lord, I want you to, to give them favor with people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Help them as they're traveling back and help protect their teams, God. Lord, and I pray for open doors in Jesus' name. I come against every barrier that the enemy would like to put in the way. In Jesus' name, we speak against that right now. We serve a God who is not a barrier. He is an open door in the name of Jesus. I declare open doors for Dean and for Don and for the message of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would go before them. And then when the gospel is preached, it would be preached to hearts. And that miracles, signs, and wonders would flow so that everybody knows that God is the real deal. In Jesus' name, let's clap our hands to the Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you all so much. Y'all may be seated. I can't see Dean without mentioning his wonderful mother and father, Junia and Stan. Dean was blessed to be their child and be on the mission field and that love seeing this mission still take a hold of his life to this day. And Stan and Junior, we love you guys. I need to go hear some Stan jokes soon. I love Stan so much and we're so glad to have you guys with us. Excellent. Let's talk to our online people. How are y'all doing? I hope y'all are doing great. Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. That's where you are. Regardless of how you got here through the series of tubes that is the internet, you're here in Plano, Texas. And my name is Chris Fluitt, and I am excited to share the Word of God with you today. But I need some help. I, I want your help a little bit. I want, I've got some pictures here, and I want to see if you can spot the battle. Can anyone spot the battle? Picture one. Let's, let's see it there. What that. Does anyone, if you see a battle in this picture, can you raise your hand? All right, good. I thought that too. I just wanted to make sure. That's actually the battle of the bulge. You thought that was a workout thing, like trying to lose some of this. No, that was an actual battle. Next one. What, what is our next battle here? Does anyone see a battle here? Do you see a battle there? Good. I saw that too. I just, I just like to double check with people. What, anybody name this one? That is Pearl Harbor. Whoa, where did it go? That, let's show that other one. I don't want to lie and say that. That's Pearl Harbor. All right, let's go next one. Does anyone see a battle here? Now, this is slightly different because you might not see injured bodies and you might not see bullets actually coming out of the gun. But we do understand that that's a battle that is either happening, going to happen. We see that, and that is uh, taking place in Afghanistan. I don't know if this is a recent picture or not, but that is a battle. Well done. Can we see another picture here? Now, that's a statue, but uh, 
That is an angry looking face. Does anybody see a battle there? Are our battles only tied to bullets and guns? No, it, does anybody understand that anger might be a battle? Let's see another picture there. Whoa, there is a very pixelated picture of a donut. I'm giving Alex a hard time. Does anyone see a battle here? Will, do you see a battle here? A battle of temptation. Raise your hand if you see a battle. Raise your hand if you can relate to this battle. Oh my goodness, there is a, there is a donut place right near my house. And sometimes I think the worst thoughts about going into that donut place. I just think it. All right, I think we have one more picture. Do we have one more picture? Or is that the last one? You've got to let me know. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> no more pictures. Well, I did have one more picture. It was going to be a nice, pleasant picture of a park. And then I would ask you, did you see the battle there? And most people would say no, right? But that would set, have set up perfectly, tech team, my sermon series called Unseen Battle. Can you say unseen battle? There is an unseen battle that affects us all. There it is. An unseen battle that affects every one of us. And none of us can avoid it. I like to avoid conflict. Anybody else relate to that? Oh my goodness, I cannot stand conflict. I'm telling you that there is a battle that you can't see, that you cannot avoid. It affects every part of your life. It affects your mind right here. Your mind is under attack. And there are times you can't even trust your own thoughts. And the reason you can't trust your own thoughts is an unseen battle. You might think the problem is just a random synapse firing off in your noodle up here, this little softy sponge brain right here. There's these little hair looking things that are synapses. And you might just think, oh, that thought was just a random little electrical thing going across my synapse. No, no. What we're dealing with is something far different. I'm here to tell you, you are in a battle. You are in a war and you are in a spiritual war. This battle affects every area. Your marriage is affected. Anybody married today? Your marriage is affected by this battle. Divorce injures your heart. And you thought it was all caused by being exposed maybe to some bad parents. A lot of people blame the divorce they're going through. They look to their childhood and go, well, I wasn't given such a swell uh, marriage to look up to. Anyway, so it's that, it's that pattern my parents uh, formed for me. That's probably why I'm going through this crummy marriage right now. I would tell you that this brokenness goes far beyond your historical past. It, it goes far beyond the natural examples that you had growing up, but it actually is unseen and it is supernatural. Our self-control problems may be more than just learning to tell yourself no. Can I, can I take a load off of you? Some of you have, have these self-control problems in your way. Why can't I just... Just stop doing that thing. Why can't I just say no to Shipley's donuts? Why, why can't I just, can I just, it is not all you. 
there is a supernatural unseen battle that, that is more than just telling yourself no. It could be a war that you are unaware of. Our problems with food, overspending, uh, overspending our time and our money, and maybe even addictions may be caused by a battlefield in an unseen realm. Our physical bodies, they are affected. What you think is physical may be an attack that originates not in the physical, but in a spiritual realm. Everybody say spiritual warfare. Oh, the unseen battle is a spiritual warfare. Anybody feel like they maybe have been going through a spiritual warfare recently? Anybody? You feel that. You, you like see it in your life. That's good. I would tell you that every one of you is going through a spiritual warfare right now. I feel as your pastor to tell you that. I felt very strongly. In fact, we ended a sermon series early. I had it all planned out. And I felt the Lord say, nope, you're going to do that now. So here we are. Hope you enjoy it. If you don't, you tell the Lord about it. Because this one was his idea. The battle is not first physical. The battle is first spiritual. Say that again. The battle is not first physical. The battle is first spiritual. Say amen if you understand and agree. Before you saw the temptation in the physical, there was an invisible spirit already at work, and it was warring against you. Before you thought the thought or said the word that would end up destroying your relationship, it was already a spiritual issue. And so many of us, we go back to that that moment, we thought the thought, and too quickly we said the thought, and it ruined everything. I would tell you, before you said, before you thought, there was a spiritual enemy at work in you. Paul says it this way in Romans 7, 21. He says, although I want to do good. Anyone want to do good today? That's so good. All you have to do is want to do good. Is that what Paul says? Not on your life. He does not say that at all. He says, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. I want to tell you, you have to do do more than want it. And even if you want to do good, there is an evil force. And it is where? Right there with you. Aren't you glad that the Apostle Paul said such a thing? I am not the only one that has evil present with me. Another force, he continues, another law is at work within my members. Warring against my very mind. What are your members? Everything that makes you you is your member. Your your thoughts. Your senses like you're seeing. Your ability to speak, your, your ability to taste, your ability to feel, to touch, to grab. All of these things, they are your members. And every part of your body, there is an, an evil force that wants to war against you. And it wants to use your members. Recently hit big news when 
we had weaponry fall into the hands of our enemies. And it's like, hey, that's ours. And it's like, not anymore, right? Your hands are yours, not anymore when the devil gets them. Your mind is yours, not anymore when you allow the devil to have control over it. I need somebody to decide today, I am done letting him have control over this mouth, over this mind, over these eyes, over these ears. No more. Let's define this unseen battle, give you a definition of spiritual warfare. It is a conflict in the unseen angelic realm that is affecting the physical, visible realm. So there is a war in an unseen angelic. That means angels, y'all. A realm where angels are. We can't see it. It's invisible. And it affects the physical, visible realm. Another way to put it, something happened in heaven. And it is showing up on earth. Something happened in heaven, and now we see the effects of it here on earth. We are talking about an invisible battle between invisible beings that affects your daily life. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says this, For our struggle is not against, say these three words with me, flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Man, Paul said a lot right there, didn't he? Whether we realize it or not, we are in a battle. Everybody know that Switzerland is neutral. That's their, that's their stance on every conflict in the war. They're like, nope, not doing it. We are not in this battle. Doesn't matter if it's World War I. Doesn't matter if it's World War II. It doesn't matter if the Germans are getting ever so close to Switzerland. We're like, nope, we are neutral. Can I tell you, you cannot be neutral in this battle. There is no demilitarized zone. It does not exist. There was a a, a movie series, a TV show. It was fantastic called Highlander, very spiritual movie series, right? And they, they had these people that had this secret battle and there could be only one. They're like killing each other. But they had this one rule that would happen is if they, if they stood on holy ground, if they went to a church, it suddenly the battle stopped. It's like, Oh, it's like, oh, you're about to kill me. Oh, too late. I am now standing in the Vatican. And they're like, oh, I wanted to kill you so bad. But because you are standing in this one area where the war can't happen, I want to tell you something that is not factual at all. There is not a place on this planet where the war can't happen. The war can happen right here at church. The war, you know this, because some of y'all have had fights right here at church. Some of y'all have had disagreements right here at church. Father and mother, children fighting each other just because we walked in this door didn't put an end to the war. This is not a demilitarized zone. There is no holy space where the war can't walk in. Whether you realize it or not, 
You see, you might not realize the worst place to be is, is in a war and not realize that you are in that war. That's really bad. But even if you don't realize it, there are fighting forces that you cannot see. But their effect on you, you can see. And everybody sees the effect. And everybody goes, what is wrong with my life? Because I see all this brokenness. It's like somebody threw a grenade in my home. And this person over here doesn't talk to this person. And, and everything in my finances is a wreck. And everything in my physical is a wreck. And everything going on in this troubled mind of mine is a wreck. You see, you see all the effect. But do you see the cause? Do you understand it? You see, we see the damage left behind. We can see the collateral damage. One of the sad things going on in the war, whatever you want to call that, in Afghanistan are those people that are so desperate to get out of the conflict. They are willing to grab a hold of an airplane in hopes that somehow they can make it to a safe land. What that is, is collateral damage of two forces at odds and somebody is left in the middle. That is what is happening in our life between a battle between angelic forces and demonic forces. Neither which can be seen, but the effect of that battle in the middle you do see. The scripture says that our struggle is not with flesh and blood. Man, if there's something you got to understand, you've got to learn this. It's got to be in your heart. And this has to not just like live in the scripture Rolodex in your brain that you can quote things. This has to live here and it starts to be the way you live things. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood. Our struggle is not with people. And that's news, y'all. That is some news to us. Because we think our struggle is with people. People are not the source of our struggle. People can be used in the battle. People can be picked up and used like an AK-47. And their words just like, and just mow you down. I also want to say this, that people's actions are not exonerated Because there is a demonic force in control. All right? That does not put any of us off the hook for what we do in the physical. But I want to tell you, you and the people you struggle with are not the source of the struggle. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood. The source is an unseen war. Our enemy in this war, Satan. I would tell you that Satan is not a name, but a description. It means adversary, means enemy. I would tell you that Satan had his name really pretty much removed from Scripture. He is all, all that he is to us is Satan. I, and I have this little discipline I try to do. I try to make sure I always do not capitalize his name. That's just a little war I've got with him. Sometimes uh, my, my computer wants to auto-correct that. I'm like, not today, Satan. Lowercase. I want to tell you that your enemy in this war, Satan, 
has deceived us into believing that people are the source of our struggle. We could go back to Genesis, right? Right? What was Adam's source of the struggle? Eve. What was Eve's source of the struggle? The snake. Right? The enemy wants us to look to others for the source. And it especially wants to to focus on the people and act like they are. Because you know why? Because then he can get you to go attack that person. And now you are his weapon in the battle. I don't want to be his weapon. The person that you are fighting is not the source of your struggle. You are in a battle. And too many times we are fighting the wrong person. Sometimes there is a thing called friendly fire. Sometimes people that ought to be on the same team fighting against the same enemy will accidentally hurt one another when they accidentally shoot one another. They lose an understanding of where the enemy is and the relation to their comrade and they will accidentally shoot their comrade. Who wins when you shoot your comrade? The devil does. The enemy does. The enemy the, 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 the enemy in this battle, that is who wins when we shoot one another. What happens through people has a spiritual sword. I'll say this one more time. I do not want to exonerate the evil that people do. But instead, I want to view the conflict in its true context. Here it is. Everything in the physical has a spiritual counterpart. This is something really big to learn. I'll leave it with all my heart. I want you to spend the rest of this week investigating it, seeing how true it is. Say it one more time. Everything in the physical has a spiritual counterpart. With our five senses, we can experience the physical. We can see the violent images of the Taliban right now on our television. But can we sense the spiritual counterpart that is the origin of that violence? We see it in the physical, but there is a spiritual counterpart to that violence. Are you with me? We can hear the lies and the hurtful words. But can we see the spiritual counterpart that formed the thought that you hear? We can feel the physical abuse of hatred. But can we sense the spiritual counterpart beyond the physical? Not enough of us can. I would tell you that this this would be a spiritual discipline. And I would like this church to work on this spiritual discipline, that what we see in the newspaper, we go, whoa, there's a spiritual counterpart to this. And everybody's focused on the physical, but I, as a child of God, do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but I will see the spiritual counterpart, and that will be what I focus on. This changes everything. That means your enemies are not your real enemies. The Taliban soldier is not our real enemy. 
No, he is living out the life of an enemy. The person that said the thing to you that was so hurtful, years later you feel it, that's not the real enemy. You see, you got to see the physical and then understand that there is a spiritual counterpart. I would tell you this, every time nations go to war, that the devil is behind it. There is a spiritual counterpart behind everything in the physical. Well, let's just go there. It's not in my notes. Is there a spiritual counterpart for when you lift your hands in worship to the Lord? Yes, there's a spiritual counterpart. Is there a spiritual counterpart when you bow your knees and begin to pray and begin to have faith? You bet there is a spiritual counterpart. There is a spiritual counterpart, be it good or be it Evil, there is a spiritual counterpart to everything that you do in the physical. My goodness. Until we address the spiritual cause, we can never repair the physical effect. And this is what's really frustrating because we're all going to counseling trying to fix the physical effect. We are taking loads of medicine trying to fix, and I'm not against counseling. I'm not against the medicine, absolutely. We're trying to do all these things in the physical, but I'm going to tell you today, but until we address the spiritual cause, we can never fully repair the physical effect. I want this series to help you. I want it to help you fix your problems in the physical by focusing on the unseen spiritual realm. Why not give this a try? Because you've been focusing on the physical a lot and not seeing solutions. Me too. You've been throwing physical dollars at the problem without realizing you needed a spiritual solution. You've been giving physical energy to it, but you haven't been seeing results. Let's focus on the spiritual, on the unseen battle. And you don't have to read too far in your Bible for it to agree with this, right? Because we are supposed to be people that are spiritual. And not people that follow the lusts of the flesh. We're supposed to be people that hide the word, which is spirit, in our heart. And not letting our mouth be an unbridled device. Oh, should we focus on the natural? Or the supernatural? Well, should we focus on the physical or the spiritual? I would tell you very simply, we should focus on both. You should not throw either one away. We need to live a physical life and a spiritual life. But you have to decide which one of those gets the priority. So many of us, especially in the United States, have let our physical life overrun our spiritual life. Talking to a friend the other day, I just almost shouted in my car. I was on the Bluetooth. He said, a friend of mine said, my my son got into this really big baseball team, but I, I told that coach, thanks but no thanks. Thanks but no thanks because... I know you're going to have practices that are mandatory on Sunday. And I'm telling you right now, we are going to choose spiritual things for our son over physical things. I'm telling you, I almost just had church right in my car. Because that is unusual to hear. 
The rest of the story is that, bought, that, that coach said, oh, I'm a Christian too, and I completely understand. We will never take the spiritual above us. Praise God for that, huh? In Jesus Christ, we have a Lord who is both spirit and physical. He is both natural and supernatural. So we should have both of those in alignment, right? Amen. The battle is spiritual and it is physical. It is natural and it is supernatural as well. The unseen battle is spiritual in its cause and it is physical in its effect. The cause is spiritual. The effect, physical. There are physical effects in your life that ought to be directing you to look outside of the realm of the physical for the solution instead of digging into more physical, digging into more carnal for the solution. We look to the spirit. The physical is under attack by the spiritual realm. And when I say that, I hope that bears witness with you. I hope that makes a little bit of sense in what you've been facing. The physical is under attack from the spiritual realm. Your personal relationships are under attack. Look at this Ephesians chapter 4, 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let sun go down on your anger. Do, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. There is a relationship between your tangible emotions towards your relationships and the intangible spiritual battle. Do you see this? It starts with your anger. You're angry. What's the next verse? Verse 27. The next verse is, and do not give the devil a foothold. What was the foothold he was talking about? Our anger towards other people. Oh, that, that seems pretty natural. That seems like just an emotional thing. No. It gives a foothold to a spiritual enemy. Looking on, your marriage, 1 Corinthians 7 and 5, says this, do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Listen, when a husband and wife do not have a dynamic physical life, it leads to an opportunity for a spiritual attack. Do you see that in that verse? If, if you deprive each other in the physical, it can lead the devil to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Paul warns that depriving your spouse in the physical opens up the door to a spiritual enemy. How about this? Your physical health. In the book of Job, the devil is allowed to attack who? Job. Yeah. Book, right. Satan attacks a lot of things. He attacks Job's children. He attacks his marriage. He attacks his friendships. He attacks his livelihood and also his physical health. Job is so close to dying, some of his closest 
relationships are actually rooting for his death because he looks nasty. He's covered in boils. He is actually scraping boils. He's under such pain. He is taking glass pottery and scraping his boils. It's an awful, awful thing to think about. But if I have to think about it, so do you, Robert. He was scraping his boils. Who caused this? A spiritual enemy attacked his physical. The pain in your body may come through a spiritual realm and not through a physical realm. Matthew chapter 17. I love this little portion of scripture. Matthew 17 verses 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son. He said, he has seizures. So real quick, seizures, physical or spiritual? Physical, right? Epileptic seizures, something we're very familiar with in the fluid house. That is a That is a physical thing. We look for physical medicine. We look for physical treatment to such a thing. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So if it's not enough for the seizures uh, to come upon him, they come upon him in such a way he would totally hurt himself, disfigure himself, or drown himself. Death is surrounding this person. Because of these seizures. Man, Jesus needs to heal him physically, right? Read on, verse 18. Jesus rebuked the demon. It's right there, read it. Jesus rebuked the demon. Did the, hus- did the father ever say anything about a devil? Did he ever mention the demon? Did it ever come out from the doctor on his report that there was a devil in the child? No, everything seemed natural, it seemed physical, but then Jesus, out of nowhere, with no warning, I might add, just says, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment, physically healed, but the physical is the effect. Jesus looked at that boy. And unlike everyone else, Jesus saw the cause. The cause was spiritual. An unseen battle was going on inside the child. People you care about and love, there might be an unseen battle going on inside of them. And that battle manifests itself physically. But Jesus shows us that there is a power that can call out. Any spiritual enemy. How about the church? Like my Highlander example. You missed my Highlander example, Sarah. You really missed it. The Highlander example, I told you the church is not a a, a demon-free place. And that's why you're welcome here, everyone. Uh, I'm kidding. I love you guys. But but look what 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 warns the church about. It says, the Spirit clearly says that in latter times, Some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. I I want you to get this picture that he is speaking about the church, right? And he's saying in latter times, and I I check in my invisible watch, these could be latter times, right? It says that some will abandon the faith. 
That never happens, right? But why do they abandon the faith? Faith, because of deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. The church is not excluded from the spiritual war. Deceiving spirits and doctrinal teachings that have their origins with demons will attack the church. This is already happening in our world, and because of that, we see many abandoning the faith. It is not remarkable to see someone who is a Christian author or a Christian songwriter or a pastor have a huge expose article in some newspaper saying how they have walked away from faith and now they are an atheist. That is not remarkable. It is not unusual in this time. What's going on there? Oh, no, they just thought for a while, and they thought, you know, it just makes more sense with their worldview not to believe in God. No way! There is a deceiving spirit, and there are doctrines of demons, and they will find themselves in the church. My goodness. Do you understand why it's so important for you to read your Bible? I really want to tell you as your pastor, read your Bible. Because I don't want to teach something that a demon is trying to teach me. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm 100% serious. Y'all read your Bible. Let's hold each other accountable to the truth of the Lord. Mm. We must be connected to the true spirit. The spirit of truth. The one who is the way, the truth. And the life, so that we can recognize deceiving spirits. Oh, Satan is a deceiver. And they didn't even see it coming in chapter 2 of Genesis. They didn't understand it. And we won't understand it either, except that the Lord, who is that spirit, would dwell inside of us and give us freedom against every power of the enemy. Oh, the Lord is that spirit. And if the spirit of the Lord has set you free, you are free indeed. We got to have that spirit. Guess what? If you are only experiencing the physical, you can never enter in to that spiritual dynamic of the Holy Spirit. That's why we've got to go beyond the physical. We've got to look straight to God, who is the spirit. We must know the spiritual word of God so that we will not fall away to the doctrine of a devil. I want to ask you to do this for me. Please, if you could believe something, believe this, this next thing. Believe there is a battle. A growing number of people who call themselves Christian no longer believe in Satan. Demons or hell? You point to the Bible, you say, you believe that? And you're like, yeah, I believe that. All right, that's awesome. What about hell? And they're like, nah, not that. That? People who believe in God, you ask them, believe God loves you? Yeah. Believe Jesus died on the cross? Yeah. Believe in the resurrection? Ooh, it's hard, but you know, sometimes I do. I, sometimes I'm able to believe that, right? Yet, they don't believe in a spiritual enemy or a, a spiritual place of punishment. 
it seems that people are eager to believe in heaven, but not hell. They're eager to believe in Jesus, but not Satan. They are desperate to believe in angels, but not demons. And these are people that call themselves Christians. I would tell you to believe all that is in the word of God. In fact, I read the Bible this way. I read the Bible this way, and Marshall can attest to it. We have conversations all the time. I read scriptures that I have trouble understanding, making sense, and there's this other scripture over there, and it's like they're butting heads. What's up with this? And I I just have to say this at the outset. I have to say, God, I believe this is true. Please show me how it's true. Please reveal to me how it is true. And you know what? He does. Oh, a growing number of people who identify themselves as Christians do not believe there is a battle. You can never fight in an unseen battle if you do not believe in an unseen battle. For some reason, I'm I'm listening all weird 90s movies, but in 1995, there is a gritty crime drama called The Usual Suspects, and it contains a quote I always will remember. While I can't recommend this picture for a family-friendly movie night, I would like to share that great quote with you. Here it is. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. The devil does exist. And he is at work. But we often live like he doesn't exist. Satan often works in the shadows. The invisible enemy prefers to stay hidden. He works in darkness and shadow for a reason. I would like you to imagine that if a demon showed up, poof, big black smoke and and pitchfork and, and yelling and weird lights shining on him, something like that. He showed up in this room and you could see him. You could hear him. You could feel him. Would I need to tell you to pray? Or would you immediately know, whoa, we need to pray, right? Raise your hand if you're like, whoa, we need to pray. That's good. That's good. I was hoping for that response. It's great. I, you see, I, I, what I, was preparing, I don't think we would have to tell an unbeliever to pray if a demon showed up in front of them. I don't think... Different religions of the world, be the Muslim, be the uh, Shinto, be, 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 you'll find them, all the denominations. I think one thing that would bring us together is if we all saw a demon, we'd all go, whoa, God, help, right? Glad you're with me on that. Yet, unseen demons are present in the world. But we are unaware and we often do not pray Or if we do pray, we pray amiss. Everyone say pray amiss. Or the version of the Bible says ask amiss. James chapter 4 verse 3. Let's pull that up. You ask and do not receive. He's talking about prayer. Because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. It's the King James Version right there. The scripture talks about praying amiss. You pray, is prayer good? Prayer good? Yes, prayer is good. 
But if you pray with the wrong motivation, if you pray with the wrong direction, if you pray with the wrong understanding, this is called praying amiss. The context of James 4 is Christians being controlled by pride, which causes them to not properly live for God and live out their spiritual life. It is possible to pray amiss. If you are praying against a person, but the real issue is a spirit, might I suggest you are praying amiss. Oh, you need to change your get them God prayers. Okay? All right. If you are praying against a physical malady, but the real issue is spiritual, you could be praying amiss. If you are praying against depression or an addiction, but the real issue is a spiritual attack, then you are praying amiss. Are you following me on this? Good. We must believe that there is a battle, but then after we believe, we have to identify the battle. You see a physical problem in front of you, but can you identify the real battle in the spiritual? Think about the problem you are facing. Can you identify the spirit that's behind that conflict? I hope that in this series, you start to think differently, seeing beyond the physical and seeing your true enemy. Perhaps you have seen the incredibly theological sound cartoon, Scooby-Doo. Does anybody recognize uh, the Mystery Incorporated crew? They're an unseen realm right now, but our tech team is on it. If you've ever seen one episode of Scooby-Doo, you've seen them all, right? Y'all, y'all know this? Yeah. They're, they're kind of formulaic, right? Spoilers, in case for that one person that's never seen a Scooby-Doo episode. Let me tell you, there is always some sort of supernatural ghost that's scaring all the townspeople. Oh, that is good. Thank you, tech team. Right on time. All right. Supernatural ghosts, phantasms, right? Or monsters are somewhere in the storyline, right? And they're like, oh, don't go on that side of town because there's a supernatural spooky man, right? See this, right? And the Mystery Incorporated team, they come in and they, they, they catch the supernatural entity. So they, they catch the enti- in, entity. And every episode of Scooby-Doo has a moment where they have caught the one causing the trouble. And Fred reaches over and he unmasks the evil doer. So it turns out that the phantom puppeteer was actually Farmer Joe all along, right? You've seen this episode, right? And Joe would have gotten away for it if it weren't for those meddling kids and their dog, right? Everyone says amen, all right. I would tell you that we need to unmask the villain in our story. Spiritual warfare is basically a reverse Scooby-Doo episode. And I would tell you it's just as formulaic if you will learn how to see it. Scooby-Doo episodes always unmask something spiritual and reveal it to be physical. But spiritual warfare unmasks something physical and reveals it to be spiritual. Are you with me? I'm going to pull a reverse 
Scooby-Doo. Just use that phrase wherever you are and just confuse people. What did you learn at church this week? Learned about the reverse Scooby-Doo procedure. All right. So we identify the battle. Where is your battle today? Where is it? Do you believe in the unseen battle? And have you identified the battle? I want to give you a testimony about the physical and the spiritual in my own life. I was uh, working in a church in Waco, Texas, about 2003. And I was uh, on a Sunday morning playing the piano, and they had some guest minister there. I have no idea his name this day. I don't know if I would recognize him if I was in the room. But I was playing behind him as he was taking the stage, and uh, he was uh, you know, starting his sermon. He had gotten to his, his text. He was about to truck you know, ahead in his sermon. I was looking for the, the opportunity to kind of get away from the piano. And out of nowhere, he stops everything he's talking about. He was going this direction in his sermon. And out of nowhere, he says, I feel led to tell you today that sometimes physical pain is not physical, but it is spiritual. And he very simply says, if you are in pain in this house, I would like you to put your hand on the place that you're hurting. And I want you to pray. And I was playing the piano, and I had a, a pain in my shoulder. I uh, wasn't sure how this pain came there, but I was living with this pain. I thought maybe I carried my backpack on the shoulder. Maybe that was it. Maybe I was playing a sport and hurt myself. Maybe I slept on it wrong. I would do things like I would take medicine. I would stretch it. I would go to the chiropractor. I did all these things, but this pain was there. And I am living with this pain. I don't know how it was there. And I'm hearing this man of God speak. And he says, put your hand on an area that's hurting and it's not physical. And I'm like, well, I'll do it, but this is physical. I'm like arguing with the guy in my head. I'm like, this is physical, but I'll do it out of respect. Uh, for God and out of respect to faith and to be a good example for all the people at church today, I will put my hand on my shoulder. And that man said, pray this prayer. I loose this spirit from my body and I claim the healing power, Jesus. And I just was like, all right, I'll say those words. Not expecting a single thing. But when I said this word, immediately the pain in my shoulder was gone. And I was blown away because I was so sure it was physical. But it was not physical. It was spiritual. There is a spiritual enemy that looks for inroads in your life. And he wants to grab onto you just to annoy you. Do you realize the pain in my shoulder was probably not going to send me to hell, but it was going to take joy out of my life. It was going to take peace out of my life. And it was going to have me continue being a casualty of a spiritual war without realizing about an unseen battle. But the Lord healed me that day. 
Go back a few years. We're living in that Garland house. And I went to uh, the Wendy's right there on 78 and uh, George Bush. And I'm sitting there on a Saturday evening. I'm looking over my shoulder going, oh, I'm, I'm not looking over my shoulder. I'm looking at my computer and wondering, oh my gosh, don't you have something better to preach than this? That's a Saturday night for me. I'm looking at things. And while I'm there, I felt a pain in my shoulder. And I went through the same process. I was like, oh my goodness, I must have hurt my shoulder. I wonder what I did. It might be, I, I still carry around a backpack. So I might have put a backpack on my, and I'm like halfway through this whole spiel. And I go, wait a second. Not one moment longer. In the name of Jesus, I refuse, I loose the spirit of infirmity from my body. And I claim the healing power that Jesus Christ bought me on Calvary. I'm telling you, I couldn't even finish my sentence. And that pain was gone. I want to tell you something. You know what that did? That just fired me up. That just made me mad. That was just a reminder that demons are real, but God is that much more real. That the power of a devil is real, but the delivering power of Jesus is so much better. Oh, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Anything the devil can throw at you, our Jesus Christ is so much better. I tell you what, when you realize that there is an unseen battle, but you are on the winning side, it changes everything. It builds you up. It gives you faith. It changes how you worship. It changes how you pray. But you got to identify the battle. And even your pastor can steer the battle right in the face and think it's physical. Oh, Lord, help us to see past the physical and help us to see into the spiritual. Help us to not walk by sight, but by faith. Identify the battle. It changes everything. Everything. See, some see a COVID pandemic that is only natural. But we begin to see that it could be the fallout of a spiritual unseen war. When all we have done is in the physical. We've done everything in the physical. We've tried it all. Lockdowns, masks, social distance protocols, and vaccines. I preach against none of those things. But all those things are physical responses. Guess what? Has it eradicated the COVID? Or is it spiking harder than ever? Perhaps. We should think past physical. And we should be spiritual people. When we see the war, the terror, the evil rise in our world like it is in Afghanistan. Right now. Are we to believe that this is just a physical struggle? And, you know, oh, this is why it happened, you know, 20 years ago and we went in this occupation and there's all these physical reasons. We're supposed to just believe it's physical. Or could there be a spiritual counterpart? The person in your school or on your job that's given you problems. You feel like they are angry with you and you don't even know why they're angry with you. You aren't even sure. It could be a spiritual 
issue. Maybe our problems do not originate in the flesh and in the blood. Ephesians 6.12, let's look back at it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Today, I want to enlist you in an unseen battle. I would like you to enlist your services to the kingdom of God. Decide today that you are done being a casualty of this conflict and instead choose a side and become a warrior for righteousness and holiness and love and peace and joy and all that Jesus sees. I want you to decide to identify the battle, to look past the natural and to by the Holy Spirit, discern one of the gifts of the Spirit. Discern what is a spiritual enemy. I want you to commit to spiritual things. Who wants to commit to spiritual things? Raise your hand. Here are some of them. Commit to prayer. Keep your hand if you're committed. I'm going to commit myself to prayer. I'm going to commit myself to worship, not just at church. And pray and worship. And I commit myself to the word of God. Oh, I thank you for that. Oh God, we commit ourselves to it right now. Oh Lord. Lord, help our prayer reach past the physical and enter into the spiritual. Let our worship, even when we lift our hands in the physical, let it reach a spiritual place that is your throne room. Lord, when we turn the pages of a spiritual book called the Bible, let it read into us spiritual truth and victory in Jesus' name. If you are ready to win this battle, if you're ready to win this battle, I want you to come talk to God. Let's talk to God right now. When you come, I want you to just... For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.